Lost Talk Radio. Well, it's a big He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because he knew every single week it was a real estate scam and not just a ghost whenever he watched Scooby-Doo. Coach Mike Jones, real fast before we jump into Beast Month with our guest, if you're looking for some professional wrestling today, Defy Wrestling has two shows in Seattle at White Center, so you can go see Defy twice today. Pacific Northwest Blue Collar Wrestling in Portland at the Colony. Also today, just getting underway in Danville, Indiana, Warrior Pro Wrestling. So go find yourself some wrestling if it's near you. Support the locals. And without further ado, we get for Beast Month, the main event here, Beast Barnett, you've come back to the program. That's me. I'm here. I... I I don't know what what this is going to entail, but I'm here to represent all of these games, I guess. Yeah, so far, Sabotage Styles has sabotaged this month something fierce, but here's a shot at redemption for him. Now, the first thing we have to ask you, something that's been on the minds of fans for over a week now, can you update us what that tree was in episode 543 of the Sign of the Times, the absolutely brutal burial of Sabotage Styles edition? Well, I on that note, I I might as well get go ahead with my blockbuster announcement. Okay, go ahead and announce something about blockbuster. It was great. It was a great company, but 
I do have to admit to everyone now, and I, I've gotten some inspiration from uh, uh, watching a certain show that uh, I have to admit that my whole educational situation is a fraud. And I, I never went to botany school. You never went to botany school? Wow. No, unfortunately, no. I, I was, then how did I you was, learn so much about botany? <laughs> uh, through uh, everything I learned in wrestling, I, I worked I worked everyone into thinking that I knew about, much about botany. Wow. I was going to say because you worked with some guys that were stiff as a tree, maybe. That that might be true, but thankfully I never had to be uh, attacked or or physically in any physical altercations with anybody. The only one that I know of was the only person that I really was in a physical altercation in the ring with was Doc Harley, and, and he was he took care of me. Are you forgetting the T.J. Powers incident? Oh yeah, I. That was a little stiff, but that wasn't technically him. That was more the rope. When I was hanged, Still, everybody, I was hanged. Yes, you you really were, and you might be forgetting your famous Quattro Thumbtack match. Oh well, you know that famous match there. Everybody's seen. I, I I didn't take too much damage in the match itself, and the I, I vaguely remember somebody whacking me in the back of the head with a a, pan, a sign, even, and, and I don't remember much after that. So some people slip and fall when getting through the ropes. It happens. It does happen. It did happen. It's a thing that happens sometimes, repeatedly in a single segment. But with this botany bombshell, he's been looking forward to botany questions all week long. I'm going to hand you over to Coach, who probably is mortified and his jaw's hanging on the ground, and he's going to need a couple of people to lift it back up into place. But, Coach, what have you got? Oh, just thankful for you being on today, Beast. We appreciate all you do for the show. Did you ever get your Turnbuckle Turmoil shirt? I did. I have worn it a few times. Nice. Glad we could help you with that. All right, cool. Thank you. We're going to have to get some some more of those made. Yeah. So what do you got going over there today? Well, there's not much going on today. We're we're pretty chill out here. I've been, you know, uh, taking all day to reflect and prepare myself to uh, reveal the truth. I, I've, okay. I've rehearsed it many times, but you know, all right. What? I'm, what I'm glad that everybody's accepted. Oh, just about the botany thing. About oh, what, okay, like, yeah. All right. I, I never had a master's degree in botany. Okay, so I can just put that on you. <laughs> I didn't yeah, give him a like false that. degree. He he misled the people, Coach. Okay. <laughs> That's true. I just didn't. I didn't want to be ostracized from the Turnbuckle Turmoil family for for not having All a right. degree. 
Well, hey, I usually do a standard interview that I have standard interview questions. I guess I can start off on that. Who were some of your heroes growing up? Who were some of your heroes growing up? Um, Yeah, wrestling, sports, music, ordinary life. Um, I w- when I was really young, my favorite wrestler was Ultimate Warrior, and and Macho Man Randy Savage, and I think I've grown up to say that Macho Man is my all-time favorite wrestler, and I I, I don't think there's anybody who's done everything that he's done the way he's done it, uh, from the way he dresses to the way he talks to the way he wrestles. There's Nobody else out there who can compare. So Macho Man has to be my very first hero. Um, if there was anybody outside of wrestling, it probably wore off. I remember liking Troy Aikman a lot. That was that was something. I read his I read his some book. I don't know if it was his book. It was probably some kind of unofficial scholastic type autobi or biography. It wouldn't be an autobiography. All right. And then uh, what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen or uh, been involved with? Um, Well, we covered the Quattro Thumbtack match just recently where me and QT faced off in a a Thumbtack arm wrestling match. And and if I had beat him, I would have won. But that some... Somebody behind me tripped and fell and hit me with a sign. And there's, I mean, you can deduce who carries around signs and trips and falls all the time. So you can uh, figure out who that was. Um, as far as <laughs> matches that I wasn't involved in, um, let's see. I remember... Uh, Ricky Ruckus always tearing down the house in Columbus. Any, anytime he had a match, you know, he 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 was really killing it out there. Ox Harley, uh, let's see, Ox Harley versus, uh, oh, man, I'm dropping on the name here. He was one of the originals in NWA TNA, and he did the spine buster. And spine guy, can you help me out in here? A TNA original? Was it uh, Shark Boy? No, he did the Spinebuster and the Moonsault. The, Christopher he Daniels. Was, he was about offer. No, uh, he was. Hey Stevens. No. <laughs> um, whoever it was. C. W. Anderson. No, but it's. It's somebody who reminds me of C.W. Anderson. That's probably why he was doing the spine buster. Okay. But a- anyway, he, he had a match. Ox had a match with him, and Ox really went out all out on that one. I think there was a moonsault for the floor even. Okay. Did you play sports in high school or growing up? I, I played some baseball for a little while, uh, I never really had any like baseball inspirations, and I watched the Chicago Cubs sometimes, but that, I guess that's why I never really went forward with sports. I mean, I'm not a traditional team player. I mean, I guess I should have 
leveraged that and maybe became an umpire. I um I know they don't have a uh, many great umpires out there. Maybe I could have okay. been one. Are you a Cincinnati Reds fan? Uh, no, I, like I said, I was more of a Chicago Cubs fan. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sign don't like the Cubs or the Mets. No. I, okay, I did, yeah, I... uh, even... Oh, uh, keep, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. No, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say that uh, I did uh, fulfill my childhood dream, even as an adult, even after having watched baseball in a long time. And got to go to Wrigley Field and take my picture in front of it. That was a pretty cool moment. Right on. All right. Little. And then, what's your self-defense background? My self-defense. Yeah. Did you do karate, well, boxing, wrestling? I did take taekwondo for a while, and. and I've learned a few things from it. I can still maybe throw a good kick if I need to. And can you still count to Korean and ten or to ten in Korean? Uh, no, I can't. But I did at one time. I do remember okay. doing that, but I I've lost that. Okay. All right. So who are the, some of the toughest wrestlers that you've seen? Uh, definitely off Charlie. Um, oh, I see that guy's face, but I still can't remember. But he 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 doesn't count. He 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 was he just who was in that match that I was thinking. Let's see, off Charlie for sure. Um, I hadn't seen too many other people do hardcore stuff. I had Dice Man Ronnie Vegas. He seemed pretty tough. It was a very intimidating presence. Um, let's see. I think those are the two names when you think of the toughest people that I, I was around in my wrestling career would be Hawk Harley and, and Dice Man. Okay. Do you have any suggestions for people wanting to get into the wrestling business? Um. Let's see. What places to hit? Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Billy Rock trains people anymore. He's retired. But, you know, if if you ever get to, if that ever changes, you know, keep an eye out in Indiana. I don't know too many places in Indiana training people right now. I think um, I might have heard something about Emerge. I'm sure if you help out at your local local independent promotion, you can start getting pointers in the right direction. But uh, I'm not, I, I haven't kept up too much on big time wrestling schools. I haven't heard of it too many right now. I know a lot of people who are just out there getting it done. I, I don't know where they, where they trained at. Not too many people talking about where they trained at lately. Okay. And then I'm sure sign guy already knows but what is your favorite coffee to drink? I, I'm i more of a breakfast blend kind of person. Okay. 
All right. Well, what else? Yes. What do you got coming up? Oh, I don't have too much coming up uh, myself personally. Um, I, I'm pretty uh, cash-strapped right now, so I'm not going to a lot of places or getting out there right now. But uh, I, there's shows around that kind of just happened. I wish I would have been able to get out to Black Label Pro. I think that's a place that people should be checking out. They're running regularly again. So if you get the chance in Indiana to go up to Crown Point, they don't disappoint on putting on a show. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to try and get to their latest one. Had Jimmy Hart there as well, which would have been a, a treat to meet him. Right on. Okay. All right. Well, hey, I want to wish you all the luck in the world. I appreciate everything you do for the show. And all that you've done all since right. the show, all that you've done since the show started. I'm sure Sign Guy's got some more. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, Beast, I'm still reeling from this botany thing, but do you have any guess at all on what that tree was in episode 543 of the Sign of the Times? I'm sure Coach Mike has not slept since he saw that, anticipating your answer. Well, I did learn of a certain tree late, like very recently. And that's the only thing in my mind right now. So let's throw it at the wall and hope that maybe it's a sassafras tree. All right, we'll go with that. It was a sassafras tree sat there next to Jared Savage. Okay. Now, the opening theme today, of course, as you know, was the theme we used for the big show, show, show. We had Nick Iggy on the show for Authors Month. What was it like being a co-host of a show with Nick Iggy, who, in fact, was co-hosting his very first podcast? It was very fun. Nick Iggy's awesome. Uh, As anybody who's interacted with him can tell, um, he's a very funny dude, uh, it was very fun doing the big show, show, show. Uh, it was a lot more work than I anticipated, but uh, it, it was fun getting it done and getting it out there. We uh, Our work paid off when we got an exclusive interview that I don't think – it might have been her first interview, was it? I believe it was. Yeah, her first podcast interview was from us, and I got to geek out about Tim Minchin on a on a show about the big show, and so worlds colliding there was a lot of fun. Now, you also have a copy of Nick Iggy's hit book, There Is No Punchline, an independent professional wrestling joke book. I'm sure Coach Mike would like to know what is your favorite joke out of the Nick Iggy joke book? It's definitely about um, what, uh, I can't remember who he used as the example, but how does the, the whichever wrestler it was, exit a room, and they used the luchador. Coach the knows luchador. this one. That is also his favorite. Coach, tell him. It was. That's a great joke. <laughs> Yes, nice. That is a great joke. Coach, tell him which luchador it was. 
It was uh, El Vagabundo. No, it wasn't. El Vagabundo, okay. It was Sonica. It wasn't El Vagabundo at all. Sonica. <laughs> okay. Yes, it was Sonico. Coach was getting back at you for okay. the botany thing. I see. Coach, you've been playing that one up for minutes ever since you learned of his false botany degree. Wow. Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> El Sonico. Now, Beast, we have a game we play on this show. You're very familiar with the game, I know, and you're going to have something for us here. I will hit the sound clip for the game. I tell you, one of, the, one of my favorite moments is uh, me and my little brother and Jerry Wilson, we went down to TNA in Nashville, and we got in there, and I just happened to be in the bathroom using the bathroom, and I, I, I was talking uh, to Chase Stevens, which I'd known him when he first started wrestling there as Glacius, you know, I helped him get a start, and I was talking to him, and all of a sudden this voice, it, what it does, it, it comes out of the shitter. All right, what is your favorite Ops Harley moment? Um, I've probably told the story on here uh, before, but we'll tell it again. And as it was earlier, it was the first in-ring physicality that I popped up in my mind is when I, I uh, took a bump from uh, Ops Harley, and and then uh, I didn't I didn't uh, go down all the way on the outside and as I was trying to not fall on the concrete completely and shatter my face or something. But uh, I, I seem to have upset him by how slowly I, I fell to the ground. But, uh, and then after the match, he uh, took me and gave me a, a Michinoku driver. And afterwards, uh, I went outside and hung out with him while uh, he drank a beer and he taught me some stuff about wrestling and uh and we had a talk and it, it was it was my first big uh learning moment I'd have to say from uh, a mistake and it is a pretty cool dude absolutely and uh speaking of Octarly we will have his ring announcer on this coming Friday tremendous yeah, absolutely. So something to look forward to there. It, it is very cool seeing him uh, being successful down there in Tennessee. It definitely is. MSWA is the name of the promotion. Correct. As I mentioned, the Fi Wrestling has two shows today at White Center. And they are a promotion out here in the Pacific Northwest that has done some big things. They have access to a lot of AEW talent that wrestle regularly for Defy. They have brought in people from New Japan to perform. They are fairly well known on the independent circuit. I know you follow a lot of Pacific Northwest wrestling as well. What's your thoughts on what Defy has been doing these last three or four years? I I think they're uh, breaking a lot of ground and opening some eyes up there in the Northwest, uh, bringing some, taking the chance to bring some people in. I think uh, 
at first it was a kind of a risk. I, I think we talked about how uh, how it was a little some of the appearances and stuff were surprises that that weren't really promoted and nobody really knew about it. So we weren't sure how that was drawing, but I think they uh, got their name out there and people talking about them and people wanting to come see what was going to happen next and them being able to actually promote some people and call some people up. I believe Christopher Daniels is their champion right now. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty big. He's a, a big talent relations guy in AEW. So he being a champion there can open a lot of doors to bringing some people over or getting some people in the Northwest scene. And uh, I, I think it's opened a lot of doors for other promotions. I think now that they've been doing good, I've seen that is it, isn't it prestige up there that's been doing some big shows now too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that I think Defy's done some good stuff from what I've seen. Uh, you have seen and worked with some people out of the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you had the famous Quattro Thumbtack match with QT folks. You've worked a lot with Dash Venture. You've worked with Demarcus James. You've worked with a handful of people from out here. From what you've seen working with some of these people, do you think there is a distinct Pacific Northwest style of professional wrestling, or do you think that the Pacific Northwest basically fits in with everything that the Midwest and the South are doing? I I think they more fit in with uh, people a lot more. I, I think there was too much of a disconnect in I think the Northwest thought they were doing things differently and the other Midwest and the East Coast and everything like that saw them as, you know, their own thing up there. But I think once everything started to mix together and everything, that people saw that they could, uh, they could, uh, uh, their styles really mixed together well. Looking at the landscape of wrestling now, there are more eyes on more promotions all over the country than ever before, thanks to streaming services and the Roku and things of that nature. Even small promotions often will have live streams of their shows, and sometimes those live streams will draw five or six times the amount of viewers than the fans sitting in the chairs. Do you think as far as a business model, the way wrestling is right now with all the live streams and the subscription services and so forth will be how wrestling is viewed in the future? Or do you think this is more of a fad and we will return to the way of going to your local arena and buying a ticket as the only way to see a certain promotion or a certain show? I I think it'll be uh, kind of a mix of both. I think there's been some promotions who, uh, who got started streaming their stuff live all the time, and then they'd 
pick up a big show where hey, you can see it later on the subscription service. But, you know, if you want to experience it now and live, you got to come to the show. I think that's a, that's the future is that a lot of, a lot of places will, will realize that they can uh, get eyes by putting it out there later and getting their live fans to come experience it as it happens. I believe, um, I don't know if it's playing that way, but I think Emerges uh, got a good thing going like that. They've got lots of shows that have gone big houses, and but they still can get their shows on like IWTV later on, and then people catch on and say, "Oh, this is good stuff. Maybe I should check out the next one," or you know, or they they may know the results but want to watch the matches and catch these people. I think. Uh, I think the streaming services and stuff will be good. I think places just, you know, might want to, you know, do a couple live shows here and there, but then, like, get the people to come live. and You know what I'm saying? I can dig it, yeah. Why not? Um, for your own personal career, what would you say was the largest crowd in which you performed? Well, I'm not good at numbers, but as far as the show would be where at the fairground show, I'm not exactly sure how many we drew. I, I can't recall that number, but that uh, fairground show at, at at the fair, I mean, pretty much most of my crew was at the fairgrounds, but at the actual grandstands and everything with uh, – Dutch Mantel in the main event, and he he almost beat me with his whip too. So I would have had to add him to the physical altercation list, but I I uh, got out of there in time before he uh, decided to beat me up too. That's a good thing. He avoided shoe baby the whip. Exactly. Yes. You met in your days a lot of second and third generation wrestlers. There's a lot of them in the Midwest. In say 15 or 20 years, one of your kids were to say that they want to get into the professional wrestling industry, follow your footsteps as it is. What do you think your response would be? I think I'd be I'd be for it, but I'd probably uh, immediately message you next, and we need to put our heads together to find the right path for them. I think that would be the the uh, uh, the my one condition is that I help them help guide them and not just set them out on their own and do their own thing. I just want to help go with them and make sure they're meeting the right people and making the right connections and hopefully learning the right things. So you're going to road trip down to Ox Harley's. It, it might happen. It might happen. If all there's right. no, no other place uh, around that I, I, that we all uh, 
agree he might be the next big reputable place, and that we might just do that. Would not shock me at all. Now, this, of course, the final episode of Beast Month, as the month is coming to an end. Up until this point, it had been an unmitigated disaster. Mr. Beast just dropped off the face of the earth. We were excited to talk about his path from the NBA to China basketball to professional wrestling. He went MIA on us. The Beast of the Middle East, he had to reschedule due to conflict shenanigans, so we had the other Beast from the Middle East, Diafullah Debashi, on but still he was not on the flyer. And then last week, Man Beast had a family emergency, could not make it. We had to uh, scrap that to reschedule him. All of this came to be from out of the mind of Sabotage Styles, who pretty much demanded we run a Beast Month. He's been known to sabotage a few things and come up with some very convoluted, disorganized messes of things on occasion. You've worked a lot with Sabotage Styles. You know Sabotage possibly better than anyone else. Is this the most sabotaged thing that Sabotage has ever sabotaged? Uh, I wouldn't say that. We've all had our useful indiscretions. So I think when we were younger, we we I, I probably helped him sabotage a thing or two back in the day. So. I don't know if this is the worst worst thing. I mean, I'm sure Mr. Beast when it was out there, he had to do something with his $25 million and had to give it to somebody. So I'm sure that was part of his problem. And then the family emergency, you know, you can't you can't fault anybody for that. I don't know anything about the other Beast fella, but I I don't I wouldn't play. Whoops place to blame on sabotage. He, I made it, so I think that was that was his biggest goal. So I, I'd say it's a minor success. All right, well, we'll run with that. Although Stompin' Steve's ulcer is probably flaring greatly because any time the flyer that he creates isn't totally 100% accurate, it upsets his nervous stomach, his ulcer flares. Well, I can understand that. I mean, it's his 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 uh, his baby. So, I mean, maybe that was part of the big part of it. Was thousands. Uh, you know, I guess ulcers are common when your diet consists primarily of pretzels and cheese. I could go for a pretzel and cheese right now. Now that you I bet Stompin' Steve has some. I bet he does. I'll have to travel down there to Columbus again sometime. So he, he's usually there, so I don't see why it would be a problem. Now, old Ken Hamlin's daughter, she ran a pretzel company. It's on hiatus at the moment because of a few different issues, but... That would be a source if you needed pretzels and the cheese in the future, and she reopens the business. I will keep that in mind for sure. All right. Pretzel Party is the name of the business. Holkin Hamlin 
commissioner there at Northwest Pro Wrestling at one time, current play-by-play commentator. He's very proud of his daughter's business. He'd probably get you hooked up with all the pretzels and cheese you need once she reopens. Right on. Pretzel party, everybody. Remember that. Yes. Well, I believe Coach has at least another question or two, possibly relating to botany, possibly not. But, Coach, have you something else? I do. We have longtime listener and fan of the show, Kurt Ferris, usually sends in questions, and they're usually off the wall. But he has one right here for the beast. He says, does beast think coffee can go with pizza? If so, what's your preference? I'm going to have to say no on that one, unfortunately. Okay. Um, so I, I think coffee. I'm, I'm not. I'm not much of a coffee outside of breakfast kind of person. Maybe a breakfast pizza. Now there's something. A breakfast pizza and coffee. I'm gonna have to experiment on that. So for, okay, the yes. question will. So yeah, I think my answer is gonna be we'll have to try a breakfast pizza and coffee sometime. Yes, I'm a fan of breakfast breakfast pizza and all pizza except for anchovies. I can dig that. I, I'm a pretty big proponent about most things being on pizza, but I, I've never really ate anchovies either, so I feel that. All right, thanks a lot. That's all I got. All right, now on this breakfast pizza, would you have, like, ham and eggs and bacon on it? Well, sure. Casey's has this breakfast pizza that I I, I like. It has it ha- even has uh, sausage gravy on it with eggs and cheese and ham. All right, yeah, I'm thinking one of those with a coffee might go. Now I'll have coffee with my normal pizza pies as well. I've never had an issue with it. Is there anything that you would not drink, drink coffee with as far as the meal goes? Uh, no. No, there's not. You did not think so? Okay. Yeah. I'm beginning to now, Also on your diet you is um, the popular surf and surf. Sometimes you have tuna and sardines. What's that diet like? Uh, what kind of benefits are you seeing out of the surf and surf tuna fish and sardines diet? Uh, tuna is great, and I love it, but I don't know where the sardines ever came from. I, I don't know where this uh, where this one popped up. I, you're going to have to educate me a little bit on something that I, I feel like I should know. I just got intel from QT sources over in uh, Graham, Washington, that Tuna fish and sardines was something that popped up in your diet. I see. Okay, that that makes sense. In the fact that it doesn't make sense. If that makes sense. Now, Luke and Butch, they often had sardines in their diet, and they lasted for decades. So maybe there is something to it. Maybe it has some antioxidant properties that help with lowering inflammation and things of that nature. I don't know. Maybe I should look up a good sardine recipe and 
bring it to the show the next time I'm on. That would be huge. Coach, are you a big fan of sardines? No, I'm not. They're fishy fish. I only like half half of the fish group, the group that's not real fishy in the taste, like salmon. No, no salmon for me. No artis- No uh, no sardines. No uh, anchovies. But I'll have some crab and some halibut and cod and shrimp. All right. Well, crab's not really a fish. Crab is in the fish group. Seafood. Is it a fish? I feel like crab's it's not a, a fish. It's a seafood. Oh, yeah, it's a seafood, but it's not a fish. Well, it's in the seafood group. Oh, yeah. And I know so- a- I got something that you probably won't like coffee with. What's that? Magic mushrooms. Well, if Magic Johnson ever got mushrooms for me, I'd probably decline. I'm not a big mushroom guy. Not really a fan of the mushrooms. A lot of times. (laughs) Oh, yeah, not that either. I don't know if Magic Johnson is into that or not. Beast might be able to answer that. But, yeah, either way, like if they slapped it on a pizza pie, I don't think I'd have a slice of it. I'm just not a fan of the fungus on the food. Okay. Now, Beast, if Magic Johnson were to offer you a mushroom pizza pie, do you think you'd go for it? I think I would. I do like my mushrooms on the pie, and I have had some mushrooms from Magic Johnson before that did uh, result in in, uh, a memorable night. All right, yeah. I think that's now, were you a big fan of the Magic Johnson too. talk show that he had briefly in the 90s? I don't remember ever seeing an episode of that, unfortunately, no. I'll have to research, see if I can find it. Now, that other guy in the NBA that walked around Indianapolis, Reggie Miller, he had a talk show that was local, horrible, possibly the worst television that was ever televised at any level, it was beyond bad. It was this giant train wreck of a dumpster fire headed off of a cliff. I think it may have lasted a month before they yanked it off the air. Did you ever see that? No, but I have seen uh, Reggie Miller do some behind-the-desk analysis kind of stuff, and he does have lacking of the charisma, so I can... I can see why that might have been a pretty bad talk show. It it was just not good at all. I don't think there's any footage out there anywhere that I have ever found because people have denied that it existed, and I haven't been able to find it as proof, but I know for sure it was on television in Indianapolis for maybe a month. I don't think it went past that, but that is almighty. It was just horrible, horrible. Magic Johnson, he had a decent show. His was all right. I think he went like a year, and his was national. Yeah, I have, I have heard of those shows. I, I'm going to have to look in to see if I can find any of anybody talking about this Reggie Miller talk show. Yeah, there, there's got to be someone else that remembers it besides me. 
Now, speaking of footage that's basically impossible to find, I also tried to tell people for years that in the mid-90s, Diamond Dan Garza ran the PWI and had a very, very, very low-powered television out of Indianapolis that people within like a eight-block radius of the arena could get. There was a six-man tag team match that included Ian Rotten on one side and Madman Pondo on the other. They brawled outside on top of a snowbank back into the arena. They wrecked the entire place. It got so bad that the owner of the arena came out ringing a bell, stopping the match and ordering everyone to go home because... His only table had been destroyed, and all of his folding chairs had been wrecked because Ian Rotten just went through everything. Nobody really believes me that it happened. It definitely did. Diamond Dan and Madman Pondo can confirm it. Did you ever hear of or see anything of that particular match? No, this is my first hearing of it. I, I wonder if Artie Reynolds might know anything of it. I know he was involved with IPW there for a while, or PWI there for a while. I want to say he was there, but I would not swear to that. Um, I thought Madman Pondo had suffered a horrific back injury, and only 20-some-odd years later when I asked him when we were in a locker room together, he assured me he wasn't seriously injured that night, but I know several members of the match did have to go to the hospital with concussions because Ian Rotten's like, it's only a cement brick wall. What's the worst that could happen to you if you, I throw you full force without your assistance? Turns out a concussion. Yeah. So try to, yeah, try to find someone that remembers that. That was possibly the most wild match I've ever seen. Owner of the building coming out to stop a match. How often does that happen? Not that I've ever seen. I've never seen it before or since. Now, you as an official, I'm sure, on occasion would have calls to stop a match due to injury or due to some malfunction with the ring or what have you. Do you have a memorable moment of a match that you had to have stopped due to something unexpected popping up during the course of said? I can't remember the poor gentleman's name, but uh, he was not uh, very well-liked, we'll say, and had a match with uh, Troy Van Zandt, and it immediately started with the stiffest leg that I've ever seen in wrestling that I'm pretty sure knocked him out. And I, I probably needed to stop the match immediately, but thankfully the the he was put into a submission and I could uh, call for the finish there. Uh, he was uh, he was uh, clobbered, as they say. Well, so, so it was basically a Larry into a submission and it was done. Yes. Correct. That, uh, you know, thankfully for the poor gentleman. Yeah, I'll have to research who that was. But moving on, 
you, of course, at one point were going regularly there to uh, where the Van Zants were running professional wrestling. It's still going very strong. There are a yeah. lot of promotions out there that have survived the test of time that have been around 15, 20, 25 years. When you look at the landscape of independent wrestling in Indiana, I would say more so than any other region that I can think of, there are people and promotions that will stand the test of time more than other places. What do you think it is about that particular area of the country that screams longevity? I think a lot of it is fan loyalty for sure. Uh, the people that you see at these shows, uh, they, you know, come regularly. Um, they're excited about the people and the promotions and everything. And I, they, uh, it's really the fans of Indiana who really hold the, uh, hold this region of wrestling together. Well said. Uh, we also had fairly recently a young guest that I'm sure you know. He is second generation. Uh, you sort of uh, were a precursor to him in a way as he later went on to officiate in some of the places that you officiated, that being Damian Cole's son, Dylan Cole. What's it like when you look out there and someone that was in elementary school when you were at your most active is now out there and they are doing very well on the independent circuit themselves. Right. Uh, yeah, him for sure. I got to, I've seen him referee and emerge. He does a great job. Um, I uh, seen Sean Kemp out there. I, you know, remember him as just a short little kid. Uh, probably the, age of many beasts right now and he's out there you know picking it up kicking some butt it's it's pretty amazing to see uh, it it makes me happy that you know that people keep going and this thing will keep going no matter what i i think professional wrestling always has the the future set pretty well Here's one for you. you Yeah, go ahead. I recall a nine-year-old kid refereeing his dad's matches when he was uh, learning how to do professional wrestling. As a high school kid, he was offered a contract with AEW. I'm talking about Nick Wayne. Amazing to see the career trajectory of him, and he's like a junior in high school. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I don't know if you got to check out the recent match between him and the other young big talent, Billy Starks, they had. They they blew me away. Uh, I, I've seen Billy wrestling for the past couple of years here in Indiana, and I, I'll be the first to say that I didn't really get it, and you know, I mean, she was young, young talent learning her way, and she's become one of the top independent stars going on right now. I, 
and she and uh, Nick Wayne had a banger of a match, I believe, in GCW. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, it was it was something else. They, those two are going to be big deals soon. I think they're big deals we now. To be fair, exactly, exactly. Now, speaking of Billy Starks, she and a few other of these young kids in the last two years have taken what is known in a lot of circles the sign guy bump, where they come straight down on their face on cement floors and or exposed steel turnbuckles, fractured skulls, broken orbital sockets, all kinds of nastiness things occurs. When you initially saw the sign guy bump and you were there for the original, did you think that it would become a fad in wrestling where these kids would take the bump? Not regularly necessary, but often enough that terrifies me. No, I definitely did not. I thought that was the first, last time that was ever going to happen. Hopefully, you know, uh, I, you know, I honestly thought you were dead, and I was never going to watch wrestling again. That it was done. I was going to run away, and but I, I don't know. That, that was just my first thoughts of, while watching you land face first on concrete, mere inches away from me. But uh, I don't suggest anybody keep doing it. Uh, I know the high risk type of thing is the is the fad these days, but maybe keep it in the ring on the canvas, you know, land on the, the, the it, it may, it may not be uh, the most forgiving surface, but it's a lot more, it's a lot safer than landing on the concrete or exposed steel and such. Agreed. Also there for one of the kids taking it, Sean Kemp, who was there for the original as well. So, I don't know why yeah. so many people yeah. keep repeating these things, but, yeah, they're repeat business watching that bump, apparently. Actually, I think Sean Kent may have been there for, like, both instances I can recall that happened within the last year. I guess just Sean's the common thread. Interesting. Maybe he, he's putting some... Some bad juju out there. Maybe he's I don't that's know. his way of making it to the top. We'll have to grill him sometime. I guess. I mean, he once broke my leg, and I still feel safe working with Sean Kemp anytime. It's just a freak accident, but he's completely safe, folks. It's just a weird, weird coincidence that he's always there for that, I think. Well, we're yes, uh, coming down to the last of the show. You know how this works at the end. Anything you want to say, plug, or promote is fair game. So go right ahead. Uh, well, let's see. I've um, been plugging some promotions here and there. Emerge is great. Black Label Pro is great. I haven't got out to see them yet, but they're uh, carrying on the legacy of wrestling at the Indiana City Brewing Flop House in Indiana, in Indianapolis. They a lot of great people working for them. I hope one of these days I can get out there soon. 
go check them out. Um, I believe they're about to have their two-year anniversary. Um, um, I don't have too much else to promote. Um, go watch wrestling, everybody. Wrestling is awesome. Absolutely. I'm glad you didn't stop watching when you thought I was dead. Because there is still a main well, event to go. You weren't dead, so. Yeah, That's yeah. True. I mean, people thought it, but I was fine. You, you, no. you were. You did end up fine miraculously. That's. I was trying to make it back for the main event. If Cooter would have been a little yeah. more understanding and drove me back, I would have been there for the main. That would have been uh, quite a moment, I, I have to say. I, I wouldn't encourage it, but I would say if it happened, it would have been it would have been huge. Yeah, think of the ovation that would have happened at that time. Right. Yeah. Now, speaking of it, the few months after that, when I made my big comeback from death, did you ever see? a better moment than when I walked through that curtain and there were people both sides of the curtain with tears just flowing. I don't think I've ever witnessed anything like it in all my days. It was definitely a special moment. and We were very glad to have you back. We, everybody was quite excited, quite, quite emotional. It was an emotional time. That was an emotional night and seeing you come back was, was something everybody was very happy to see. Absolutely. And then, of course, I turn on the crowd later, but that's a different story. But, Coach, have you some things to say, plug or promote as we wind this down? Yeah, we had an awesome show yesterday at the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast. It was nice to have you on the whole show. We had Randy the Pimp Taylor and Pops Ballard on. And we're on every Saturday at noon. Pacific time coming at you live here from Puyallup, Washington. You can also check me out at the coach with the most and coach Mike, coach Mike Jones on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the real school army and the NGW green room. Also the Seattle Mariners organizational report and Cincinnati Reds organizational report. And for my newest sponsor, A-plus Payless Handyman Services. Make sure you check them out for all your HVAC needs and no jobs too big or small. Get a hold of A-plus Payless Handyman Services. Thanks, you guys. We love you and appreciate it. All right. Right on, fans. Make sure you give Coach a call if you need it. Peace, you got something else? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I, I pulled up a little thing here from the other month. I was, um, I want to plug Andreza Giant Panda in Japan. If you ever want to check out something crazy and uh, maybe one of the most uh, different wrestlers in the entire world, look up Andreza Giant Panda. Uh, and I was supposed to talk about Team Taz, but Team Taz isn't around anymore. And then Chicken Bob suggested something that I don't know that I is show appropriate. So I even though we brought up sabotage styles, 
and his sabotaging of things, I don't know that it would be family appropriate to mention that. I know it traumatized Chicken Bob, but I don't know if people should hear what happened in that particular story. Uh, all right. Sorry, Chicken Bob. We're going to take a pass on that one. Yeah, I'm sure you were probably there for it, though, right? I I think I was. Did it traumatize you? You never know where. I, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for that. It traumatized me just hearing about it. Coach, were you traumatized? No, I wasn't. Really? After all that happened to Chicken Bob and it didn't even phase you? I didn't even notice. I don't know how someone couldn't notice it. Wow. (laughs) Okay. I guess Coach can sleep through anything. Like, bombs will be dropping on the city and he'll be walking around picking roses or something. Wow, okay. (laughs) Fans, you can join us next week. Like I said, next Friday we have the brand-new MSWA ring announcer, a former WWE developmental ring announcer, Troy Beasley, on the show. A week from today, this next Sunday, we will be off for Labor Day. We're taking a holiday off. But then the following week, Keith Miller returns to the show, World's Finest Wrestling Promoter. That's the name of his promotion, World's Finest Wrestling. And two weeks from today... Bull Dread will be our guest. So we're looking forward to Bull Dread. Everybody stay safe out there. Try not to think of that story with Chicken Bob and Sabotage too much. And we will talk to you soon.